0: Hi, this is Rosie, and welcome back to another episode of What Does Your Family Look Like? We've been listening to Marcy share her story of becoming a foster parent. It's an emotional roller coaster, one she has handled so well. By now, her foster child has matured into a little girl. Marcy describes how she managed the child's visitations with the biological parents. Um, so at
1: what point, how many years down the road did you know that you were able to adopt this oh, child? Oh, mercy. I don't even know how to answer that because <laughs> honestly, you know, I never missed one court date. Mm-hmm. Now, going to the six month check ins, it's not mandatory of a foster parent but they encourage you to because they want you to be informed, right. right? And they will provide the information to you if you're not there, but it's secondhand information. Obviously, if you're sitting in court and you're able to hear it, you walk away with that same knowledge that they have. Right? I never missed a court date. Okay. So with that, I was always, I always knew. I always knew every time I left, it was okay. This plan is still to reunify for me it managed my expectations, uh-huh. right? It managed my emotion because I was able to walk away already knowing what it was. Okay. I will also say that very early on, I personally was intentional about developing a rapport with her parents. Oh, you're, you're allowed to? You are allowed to. Okay. You are. They encourage it. Okay, That's another thing that is very different than when I was growing up I never the children that were in my home that were my grandmother was fostering never saw their parents. Okay. It was the social worker. If they were going for a visit, the social worker would pick the children up from our home and then the social worker would return the children. We never had interaction with the parents this day and age. They want the exact opposite. Okay. If if you are willing and and if it is, you know, if it makes sense their their goal would be for you and the bio families to not work together but to work together um and I was very intentional about that because it was important to me that her parents knew what kind of home she was in mm-hmm. and what kind of person I was mm-hmm. I wanted them to feel comfortable about it mm-hmm. I just did and so typically the children that are placed in your home will have routine visits with the biological parents um where Wherever it is wherever they decide to have it, it's okay. never in your home. Okay. It's typically initially supervised visits, what they call supervised visits. And um, it is either in a public space or it is at the agency. Okay. For me, it was in a public space, but I decided to do them on my own. Now, in hindsight, I look at that and it that was a little crazy. Um, the very first visit that we had, the social worker was in it. Th- maybe not the just the first. I would say maybe the first three mm-hmm. visits that we had, the social worker was in attendance. Okay. But then I said, you know what? It was on a weekend. I didn't have to work. I felt comfortable with them. Okay. And I said, I'll do the visits myself. So you're allowed to do that? You are allowed to do that. Okay. You are. Um, obviously, every situation is different. Uh-huh. If the biological parents present in a way that they can be violent or they can be, right. um, or there's some concern about maybe them wanting to take the child, right. that will not happen. Okay. Um, in my situation, there was no concern. And so I was okay with it. And so for the first, I would say six months that I had her, uh, we would meet in a public place. They would, con- it was up, the onus was up to them to reach out to me to say, I would like a visit this weekend. Okay. If they didn't do that, I was not reaching out to them, okay. right? They had to show that- They were interested, correct, concerned. That okay. is correct. Okay. And so they would, it, they had it by a certain time, they had to reach out to me and say, I would like a visit. And I would say, okay, let's meet at this place at this time. And I was there and they showed up, we would have an hour long visit. Um, Just me them and you know the child and you know, I did that for about six months and I specifically remember one day um, I had the visit and both parents showed up. I was only supposed to have the visit with one But they were talking and so they both showed up, which was okay for me because I knew both of them. Okay But that visit something changed in their the way they were interacting with me and it made me uneasy. Mm. And so I reached out to the social worker and I said, hey, I think that it's time that you guys take over these visits. Okay. Um, it was a good segue because the social worker that I had been working with for up until that point was leaving the agency. And so a new social worker had joined and it, the case was new for her. Uh-huh. And so it was good for her to do the visits anyway so she could get a chance to know who they were. Mm. Um, and so from that point on, they did the visits and they... You you know, they moved to the agency, they were still supervised. Um, But because my case took so long, I actually at a point moved from supervised visits to unsupervised. Um, And with my daughter, it was only with her dad. So mom was always in the picture. Um, Well, I won't say she was always in the picture. She was there Um, But there were times where she would kind of fall off Mm -hmm. and we hadn't heard from her. Dad, however, was always in the picture. Um, He always did just enough to keep it going. Okay. Right. And so the visits moved with just him. You know, every week he would have a visit with her supervised. And then we got to like four years. I don't even know how we got there. Should have never got to four or five years. But his visits turned to uh, the the six-month check-in with the court. The judge decided his lawyers were requesting that the visits move to unsupervised. And I remember being at that court hearing, and I remember being so, like, I don't know, scared, um, anxious, because he was then allowed to have visits with my daughter in his home without supervision
0: without without no, you
1: no no without me without the social worker who typically was supervising huh. them because we nobody could prove it would be an issue huh. and remember i knew him i had developed a rapport with right. him and actually i liked him we were we were okay, okay. um i liked him he liked me mm-hmm. we were okay um it just it was different because right. that had never happened i mm-hmm. didn't even know where he lived um and i remember I remember saying, I'll, you know, I'll do, at this point, it was four or five years. They kind of let me do everything. It was like, you are her mom, right? And so it was, I'll do it. I'll take her, you know, I'll drop her off to his home for the couple of hours. And I will be the one to pick her up because I wanted to be able to control that as much as I could. Right. That was all I could yeah, do. Right. Um, and so, yeah, her visits moved to unsupervised and... um you know, they went well. I there was nothing I could say. She was excited. You know, she let me say this because I haven't said this. My daughter always knew who her biological parents were. Uh-huh. That also was important to me. Okay. So although she was placed with me at four months, when because I had her so long, these visits were going for years. When she started to to be aware, and I knew I could kind of talk to her mm-hmm. at least um, age appropriately about what was happening. Right? And the social worker would pick her up once a week from her daycare. I would tell her, you know, social worker going to pick you up today and you're going to go see mommy or you're going to go see daddy. And when she got to a place where she understood she was going to see mommy and daddy, but she also called me mommy.
0: I was just going to ask. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. Yep. She in her little mind. She referred to them as two mommies and two daddies. Okay. Because I would always say you're going to see mommy. And she would, you know, and she would be looking at me confused. I'm like, you know, your your mother mommy. Mother, you have two, you <laughs> right. have two mommies. Right? right. Right. So then she referred to them as two mommies to this day. She's seven and she still says two mommies and okay. two daddies. Right. Okay. Um, But yeah, she always knew who they were. So when it moved to unsupervised with dad, she was super excited. I get to go to my dad's house. Right. Right. I get to play in my dad's house. Right. There were never any issues, never any concerns. And I have to put that out there that you know, there just weren't, it was just my own internal, she's, she's been with me for so long. She's my child. She's also your child, but she's never been at your home. And so, you know, um, but we got, we got through that. And so was um, it the state's fault for taking so long to No, it was a combination of things. Um, I guess you could point the finger either way. Like I said... Um, did you
0: have to force the issue?
1: Did you... I did not, I, and I never did. Okay. I never did. I am um, I am a believer. Um, I'm a Christian. And for me, it was whatever is happening is happening the way it is designed to. Okay. And I always had faith that it would work out, even okay. on those days where I was totally a, a nervous wreck.
0: It certainly does take a mature, level-headed, patient adult to deal with the foster care system, especially if you want the fostering to transition to an adoption. Waiting and waiting for the court system to make a decision is so anxiety producing. What a huge challenge she faced. Please like and subscribe. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at WDYFLL, the podcast.